good afternoon and welcome to Lambda Weekly. I'm Dave Taffet here in the studio with Laurent Landis and the late Patty Fink. The late Patty Fink, you're back. I am, I'm back. And I'm happy to be back and um, under modestly good circumstances. The uh, Michael Strahan of Lambda Weekly. (laughs) (laughs) Except I took a hiatus to um, to campaign, so. Oh, okay. And, what this was for. and that voice you just heard was Leslie number two, uh, our second best Leslie, as we like Aww. to refer to her. Hmm. I'll take number two. Leslie McMurray, uh, who's become a, a, quite a regular around here. I was trying to think a while back how many times I've been on, and I just I couldn't put a number to it. But it's been quite a few. I, yeah. I would dare to say you definitely uh, have been on more than any other guest. Yeah. So you are, you know what, has Leslie ever paid? How to be a lesbian? Is she an honorary lesbian? She's well. She hasn't. She hasn't played. We're going to have to plan that. You kind of plan. We got to plan that. <laughs> but you're definitely an honorary guest member. show go, go, a member of the show, co-host, well, co-host of the show. Here. Yeah. I, well, whenever, Katie's whenever, been here a lot. Yeah, she has. Yeah. Now she can't. But yeah. Yeah. She can't. Yeah. yeah. She's an elected official now. Well, she's not elected. Well, she's not elected, but she's an official she's now. In the, yeah, she's yeah. an official, and so yeah, yeah. Wait, Candy's an official. You didn't know that? No. Yeah. See, oh wait, 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 wait! Did you say Candy or Katie? Katie. Yeah. Well, no, Candy. Oh, she said Candy. I, we no, thought you Katie. said Katie. Oh, yeah, Katie's an official. Yeah, I knew, Katie. I knew that. For, yeah, so that's why she. Can't. I've known that for quite some time. Yeah, that's why she can't come on. Yeah, that's yeah. why. Okay, but Candy, no, Candy's not an official. Yeah, but she's been on a lot. She has been on a lot, and Aaron's been on a lot. Yeah, but Aaron was also part of the show at one point. Yeah, well, true, true. Okay, so welcome back, Leslie, number two. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks for having me. Anytime David calls and he says, hey, what are you doing Sunday? I think, oh, is it Pledge Drive again? (laughs) And it is. Uh, I would like to remind anybody who would like to enter our drawing for a $500 gift certificate from Half Price Books, you need to make your pledge by tomorrow at 11.59 p.m., anyone who pledges is entered uh, to win five $100 gift certificates from Half Price Books. You can either give those gift certificates uh, as a present. It's a good Hanukkah stuffing st- stocking stuffer. Oh, I, if we have, do we have stockings for Hanukkah? I, you're the you're going to have to answer that yeah, question. Yeah, for, you, yeah. you, you, have, you have to educate, educate us on that. Okay, yeah. I guess I'm confused. Going from the Jewish music hour to the non-Jewish talking hour. Yeah. Well, let's just put it like this: If you want to give gifts, period, no matter how you want to give them and whatever spirit you want to give them, that's such an ecumenical way to put it. Thank yeah. you. So <laughs> give us a call at nine seven two six four seven one eight nine three. And if you don't know about Half Price Books, I can't imagine you live in a Dallas Fort Worth area and you don't know what Half Price Books is. It's not just books. They have videos, games, collectibles, CDs, um, old VHS tapes they even have. Um, I don't know who still plays those, but you can all get them in. People with old VHS machines. <laughs> and I still have a couple of them. I think we do, too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you can spend a lot of money. $500 will go a long ways at a half-price bookstore. And it's a dangerous place. It's, it's dangerous like the container store. It is. To me. It is. Or Office Depot. Yeah. Or Costco. Or Costco. Yeah. They're, yeah, Costco. Oh, yeah. So $500, 
you know, drop you off in the morning when they open and come pick you up at the end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you need a hand truck yeah. to you take would. that many books out of there. It's, it a, it's a great place. You so, know, our former board operator, Josh, had his book signing there. Right. So, right. Yeah. So give us a call, 972-647-1893, or go online to knon.org and hit the Pledge Now button, and you can see what the new pledge premiums are and what the old pledge premiums look like, uh, and choose and make your pledge that way. 972-647-1893 or knon.org. So we had elections. Mixed results. We did. You know, you say mixed results, but remember the expectations beforehand, the, you know, the old red tsunami and the red wave and all this kind of stuff. That didn't happen. So we can look here in Texas and say, yeah, the Republicans still control the legislature. They still have all three statewide offices. But there was a message that was sent, and it was supposed to be a whole lot worse than this, and it wasn't. And the candidates endorsed by our previous president... Uh, President Wackadoodle uh, did not win largely. There was a few that did, but a lot of them didn't. I like his statement about uh, the winners and losers. He said, if they win, it's entirely because of me. If they've lost, it's their own fault. Or it's somebody else. Because he's even blamed Melania for Well, she has a terrible track record picking men. (laughs) She picks losers. She does. (laughs) She totally does. Yeah. But you know what? Supposedly, she was the one who handpicked Herschel Walker, who's running for Senate out of Georgia. Um, so we still don't know about that, which is scary that, that yeah. that's even in a runoff. Yeah, yeah it's going to be. We have a number of uh, notables in runoffs. We have uh, Raphael Warnock, um, who is the incumbent, mm-hmm. uh, filling a partial term. This would be for a full six-year term. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have an an LGBTQ longtime activist in our community here in Texas who is uh, in a runoff for Austin Mayor Celia Israel, who was in the legislature for many years yeah. as an out lesbian. Um, then I believe Mary Gonzalez joined her. Then no, Mary was first. Mary was first, and then Celia. Then Celia the next term, and now she. Um, has has is leading in the runoff for Austin. Yeah, Mayor. she got the most votes, but uh, it's one of those you have to get fifty percent plus one vote, and she got in the forties, I believe. Yeah, she's pretty pretty high so up there. So she's pretty close, and like six points ahead of the. Right, if she wins, she'll be the first lesbian mayor of Austin. The first openly lesbian mayor of Austin. Um, actually. Will she be the first woman mayor of Austin? No, I don't think she'll be the first woman. But she will be the first Latina mayor of a major city in the country if she's elected. Which would be very cool. That, is, yeah. that would be very cool. Yeah. Now, I'm so glad you're here, Patty. I'm just glad okay. you're back. But well, you. I'm glad you're here because I know you can answer these questions. How do runoffs work? And I know it might be different from state to state, city to city, but if you voted in the first election, do you have to vote again? Or people who didn't vote now have a chance to no, vote. No, re-vote. You have to re- everybody everybody has to re-vote. Yeah. Everybody gets to vote. You must be registered, of course. Still have to be registered. Um, but everyone can vote. And the idea is to have your people come back again. Um, so that if you did well um, in, the, in the general, 
or, or the the first raise, mm-hmm. then the next one would then all your people would come back out, and maybe some of those that were following others who didn't make it into the runoff, maybe they would. Right. Come join your supporters and help elect you so that you can win. But actually, the runoff, the the concept of the runoff may seem very simple, and the idea that you know you want somebody who has a majority to win a clear majority. But it's actually um, a it was born out of the deep south in right. an attempt to keep black people from winning elected office. Yep. Just like everything else, it has a racist history. Yes, absolutely, and so. But we can't this country talk about has perfected that. it over the years. <laughs> right. We, we right. can't talk about that. We're getting really Isn't good that at a it. law that we have to disguise history? It's not critical radio theory. <laughs> it's, it's it's not. I guess that's what I was thinking. No, no, no. We're you're, what you're confusing is don't say gay versus don't say racist. Right. Ah, and no. we're not a public school. <laughs> right. <laughs> but you know, I was really kind of upset with the school district where I was raised in Southern California because in history we learned about the Civil War, the Revolutionary War, but a lot of the indigenous people, the Pueblo Indians, that kind of stuff. I didn't learn about the Tulsa Race Massacre until I moved to Texas. I didn't learn learn about it. At all. I didn't, didn't learn about it until my late 20s. I, I'm from Texas. Yeah. Wow. I didn't learn until I was well, way an adult. Yeah, same here. So, wow. Um, I'm floored by that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, an, an, a major event. And what, what really um, kind of sort of blows me away is there are people walking around in Tulsa today, no doubt, who are directly related to the people who basically stole wealth and yeah. murdered people. And got um, away with it. And got away with it. And why there has not been some effort to regain that property from descendants, um, I, I mean, I can understand if it was hundreds of years ago, maybe you lose track, but this is pretty recent. It's pretty think. recent. I think there has been, over the last decade, some growing efforts to do to that. There's a documentary about the uh, Tulsa uh, massacres, and believe it or not, there's a lot of people in Oklahoma who hadn't heard about it. Really? Yeah, they were interviewing people wow. from there. Like I hadn't, I didn't know about it either. I mean, when they, when you say they totally covered up that history, they totally covered up. So if they hadn't heard about it, they're Oklahoma citizens. Yeah, it would be too much for expected uh, other states to have heard about it. Wow, it's crazy. Yeah, it is. Cool. But we were talking about the runoff. But right, the runoffs. runoff. There were um, there were clearly candidates in Reconstruction after the Civil War. Black candidates who were prevailing in and with a plurality of the vote, and it was the runoff was born because white people said, "Oh, you must meet a higher standard." Right, Um, and so they only had the top two in, and they could figure. It well, wouldn't be two black people. It would be a white person, and they would all rally behind the white person. Right, and it gives you a, it's almost a do-over. Like, look, here, you got another shot to go and beat this black guy. Right. Yeah. So. Right. Now, uh, do all states, jurisdictions, cities have runoffs? No. Mm-mm. No. No. Okay. In fact, for, for governor, as you may... Just the southern made, ones. <laughs> huh? Just the southern ones. Just the southern ones. Okay. Well, in, in, there, there are, I mean, there are some around that, that do have that, and it, and you can have it at the municipal level all the way up to the federal level. Mm-hmm. But even at the federal level, I mean, when we had, you know, like, um, uh, what's his name, Ross Perot and George H.W. Bush and Clinton running, Clinton won with like 39% of the vote. 
Oh, that's right. Well, that's but he had 50% yeah. of the electoral, electoral vote. Right. Oh, right, yeah. right, 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 right. But I'm talking about popular vote. But in even in Texas, the Texas races this time, mm-hmm. had there not had there been, say, three people running for governor, and we've had those years. Mm-hmm. One of the uh, times Rick Perry won win. with like 37% of the vote on one of his elections because we had um, Kiki Friedman. Oh, yeah. And... So it's happened before, mm-hmm. but we don't. They don't require a runoff. Oh, yeah. A um, couple of other races of note: um, Sharice Davids, yes. congresswoman from Kansas, who has, was a guest on our show. Very sweet person. Kansas third. Uh, she did well. And she, they were. That was one of the ones where they said, "We are taking this seat from her." Right, and, and she she wanted handily. Right. What about the Colorado third? Ooh. That's a too close to call. Too close to call right yeah. now, but yeah, everybody's watching that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Shannon, who was a guest, Shannon Elkins, who was a guest on our show over the summer, she did not win the race, but she did better than her predecessors in that district have done. Oh. So good for her. She good. did. A, she uh, mounted a good campaign. Then Jones won with seventy-five percent of the vote. Yeah. And like you said, we had seven members of the House LGBT Caucus. Celia didn't run for re-election. That brought it down to six. And with Venn and Manuel Hayes, Manuel uh, won a district. Um, Beaumont in Beaumont. Beaumont. Yeah. But you know, looking from thirty thousand so feet. It just feels to me like America as a whole just tapped the brakes on crazy. I mean, it isn't exactly the way we'd all want it, but it was heading, the train was like heading over a cliff. And I just feel like we kind of tapped the brakes and said, hey, wait a minute, because uh, there's not as much crazy in there right now. And hopefully we can uh, take a little bit of a pause over the next couple of years and catch our breath, because it's been scary. I mean, it's been like people predicting Civil War crazy. And if you look at something like... The Secretary of Race, the Secretary of State's races <laughs> in this country. Yeah, one of those. <laughs> well, fortunately, in Texas, ours is, well, I don't know, unfortunately. I, I would love to vote Pick for one. one. Of three. Right. right. Um, but if you have a, a, an open seat for that or, or a seat that's being defended by a Democrat, there were lots of crazies. There were like 12 running in the Republican Party to, who were election deniers. And only one made it. Only one was elected, and that was in the state of Indiana. Right, because yeah, Secretary I mean. of State yeah. traditionally runs elections right. Uh-huh. Uh, right, in, right. in that state. In Texas, it's appointed. And it's interesting, the Secretary of State generally doesn't last more than a year or two in Texas. It, wow. Lots of turnover in that position. There was a great cry from across the state for Governor Abbott to have a special session to deal with gun con- gun common sense after Uvalde. And then one of the reasons everyone has speculated, because it's fairly obvious to many, that he w- refused was because he had appointed a Secretary of State he wanted to maintain for this election. Um, and if the, if the session went, if the legislature was back in session, they would have to confirm him in the Senate and he didn't want his Secretary of State confirmed to have to be confirmed Hmm. because he might not make it in the Republican Senate wouldn't approve a Secretary of State from the well that says something about the Secretary of State a couple of other races um, Jasmine Crockett won with 75% of the vote she had four people on the ballot 
Uh, so she was Eddie Bernice Johnson's uh, hand chosen lunatic. I mean, uh, <laughs> I, I love Jasmine. Uh, and she's going to come on the show once she gets settled in in her new seat. Um, Julie, uh, strong campaign against her. Yeah, but she prevailed. Yeah, by 58%. almost 58%. Yeah, by about 10% of the vote. 58 to 42, was it? So more than 10%. Yep. Yeah. It was tight for a while there, but um, she pulled, she it, pulled out. it out. She pulled it out. Uh, Jessica had a nail biter race. She won by one vote. <laughs> unopposed. Well, she was unopposed, and the unopposed this time didn't show up. You didn't have to ha make sure that somebody voted for the unopposed candidates. Right, because if you recall, voting in Dallas County, we had pages and pages of unopposed, uncontested races. Yep, you did. That we just had to say, okay, <laughs> a bunch of times. But it wouldn't let you It wouldn't let you go by there until you did it. You had to, uh, you had to I, acknowledge it. You had to in, acknowledge it, yeah. In English, Spanish, and... Vietnamese. Vietnamese, right. So um, I thought that was odd. But, uh, yeah, that was a nail-biter, but Jessica pulled it out by the, her one vote. Um, so, Patty, before we get to you, Leslie, we need to take a break. But, Patty, just in a couple of words, how did you help steal the election? Um, I, Shh, I, don't tell. Um, I talked to a lot of people. <laughs> Does it every time. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's the trick. And um, there was a Queen's race. So there was two, first time in history, two openly gay candidates ran against each other. Um, a Republican and, and, a, and a Republican Trump election denier supporter, Trump supporter election denier won. Okay. Go, go figure. He is gay, though. In New York City. In New York City, yes. Queens, ironically. Yeah. Yeah, really. We, we need to take a break. You're listening to Lambda Weekly on 89.3 KNON-FM. I'm Dave Taffet here in the studio with Laron Landis and the late Patty Fink. And our guest is Leslie Number 2. I'm Christina from the Owens. And I listen to Lambda Weekly on 89.3 KNON-FM. And this is Lambda Weekly on 89.3 KNON-FM, and it is Pledge Drive here. Um, Laurent. So, again, we have a Pledge Drive raffle. You can win $500, a $500 gift certificate to Half Price Books. You have to uh, draw, I mean, sorry, you have to get this pledge in by tomorrow at 11.59 p.m., so you still have time to do it. And if you win, you'll get five $100 gift certificates. And again, this, that goes a long way at Half Price Books. So give us a call at 972-647-1893. You can also go online and make a pledge. And be sure to click, it'll say David Taffet. Right. Uh, to, to pledge to a show, you have to pledge to the, to the DJ on the show. Right. And I'm the DJ of record on this show. So just scroll down. Mm -hmm. And I'm just below the, the fold. <laughs> and we have um as always this is an exciting thing especially now as we're sort of weaning our way out of covid um the knon elite music sponsor awesome awesome um it's it's still going strong um you can get for five hundred dollars a year or you can do it as a draft a monthly draft 
um, at $41.67 a month, um, become an elite music sponsor, which means that um, your $500 pl pledge goes to, um, entitles you to attend every single event uh, put on by KNON, which in a normal year, post-COVID, post I think we'll get back to that level. What, 40? They're 40? building them up again. Normally 40 or so events a year, but uh, as we're building them up, we put another premium uh, attached to it. The KNON uh, sponsor. Sponsoring. Uh, a well, while Patty's looking it up, I also want to remind you, for the uh, pledge drive raffle, you don't have to pledge a certain amount of money. Just make a regular right, pledge. Just, just making a any, pledge. Any pledge will put you in the raffle. But if you become a KNON music sponsor, you can also sponsor a, a uh, nonprofit organization of your choice. We'll do the um, 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 the, the spot. You'll be yes. mentioned in the spot, and uh, it'll run for a month on the uh, category of your that you're supporting like if you do it for this show it would be on uh talk shows right and and that's part of the elite music sponsor uh, thing but the exciting part about it too is that your name and a guest go on the list of all the events for the year so you don't have to worry about getting the tickets you don't have to worry about you know where are the tickets i thought you had the tickets no you had the tickets you just show up you and that go. list has been getting longer and longer lately. So, so. It's, it's really exciting. Aaron and I have done it a couple of times, and you just show up, and they say, Hey, Patty and Aaron, and in you go. And most of them include some sort of food or opportunity for great food mm -hmm. and drink and certainly live music. Mm -hmm. So consider being a KNON Elite Music Sponsor. Call us at 972-647-1893 or... Uh, reach out to knon.org. And hit the Pledge Now button. Yes. Um, our guest is Leslie McMurray, or as we like to refer to her, the second best Leslie on this show, Leslie number two. <laughs> I'll keep working hard to weasel my way up, you know, number one eventually. But to be in the top five, I'm honored. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we go on to a couple of other things, some other election news. Over a thousand LGBT candidates ran this year, which is a record. Um, Three hundred and twenty-four LGBT Victory Fund endorsed candidates won their elections this year. And when I say this year, some of the elections, like we hold municipal elections in uh, May, so that counts. Those kinds of elections uh, count in this three hundred twenty-four. We now have two lesbian governors as well as one gay governor. Who was who was re-elected? Who was re-elected re easily? This is a big deal. I, I think it was like when when Lupe ran and she she won that seat four times as sheriff of Dallas County. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's one thing they elect you one time, but then they all come back and say we want you to stay. Well, they did that with Jared Polis in Colorado. Right. Right. The whole state said we want you to stay. She just looked so good on that horse at the Pride Parade. That's why. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> yeah, she did. Just striking for sure. Oh. And now we have two um, out lesbian governors, one on each yep. coast. One, Maura Healy, who was had been attorney general of the state of Massachusetts, is now governor. And one in Texas? No. No. Oh, I and thought that was the coast. Tina Kotek in um, Oregon. So she'll be the, the next governor of the state of Oregon. So the next lesbian governor needs to come from this coast. 
That would be great. That would be great. That would be great. And so. Maryland made history. They elected their first African-American governor. Huh. Yes, Westmore. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah. Right. So, so history made. Um, I was, you know, like a lot of people, we went to bed that night fraught with fear that just going to wake up in the morning and it was going to be a bloodbath. Yeah, that's what I thought, um, too. And one of the things that for, there was everybody had their different issues, what was important for them, this election, um, the economy, crime, whatever. Um, for me, it Dobbs. was... Dobbs. Dobbs, yeah. For me, it was reproductive rights. That was the main thing on my mind um, and uh, main issue for me. And we got woke up in something, actually, some, some, ho- some hopeful news. There were four different initiatives um, in four different states, they all had to do with reproductive freedom, and one of them tried to ban it, and they all failed. Well, I'm saying, well, one failed, as I'm glad it did, and the other three passed. And the one that failed, and I'm glad it failed, was actually in Kentucky, out of all places. Yeah, how about that? It tried to ban or enshrine um, in their constitution, in their, con- their state constitution. That you know, women did not have a right to have an abortion, and they rejected it in Kentucky. Like, wow! Like I said, it wasn't all bad. It was uh, a lot better than I thought it was going to be. We actually had three proposals and state proposals that changed their state constitutions yeah. to protect, protect, yeah, California, Michigan, and Vermont, and Vermont, and then two that rejected proposals to restrict abortion. One, uh, one was Kentucky, of course. The other was Montana. Oh, okay. I didn't know about Montana. Um, Montana had one that would criminalize decision-making around compassionate care uh, for newborns with fatal conditions. And the state said, no, we're not going to do that. So that, that, was, that was very, very fortunate, I thought. What about Georgia? Because, I mean, uh, you know, there's a guy running for Senate there that may have an interest in reproductive rights. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. You should be able to get more cash out of your ATM over your limit if you need to get money <laughs> you for need it right away. <laughs> what, what would it take to get? What would it take to get an initiative like that on the Texas ballot? We don't have. We don't have uh, that kind initiative. of. Yeah, California initiative. does. We would have to come out of the legislature, yeah. skip the governor, and go. And on it the would ballot. have to be a, uh, a constitutional amendment, right? So, we yeah. also had some changes um, in um, cannabis laws mm-hmm. around the country. Um, it there was a passage in um, Maryland and Missouri to legalize cannabis and cannabis use in those states. They were it was rejected in Arkansas, North Dakota, and South Dakota. Nothing goes better so, with crab cakes and a nice little fatty, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so and, I've heard. <laughs> and the new governor there has has talked about the, with um, with the, this passage uh, that that. Um, possession had already been decriminalized in Maryland, but under the amendment, uh, those previously convicted of possession and intent to distribute would have their, could apply to have their records expunged. Now, several cities in, because we can have city propositions, so several cities, including Denton, have basically decriminalized uh, marijuana use in Texas. Yeah, and then they can still be prosecuted though by the state, by the state. and by the federal government. Mm-hmm. So it's still it's kind of dodgy until they just go ahead and pass it federally and delist it from that, But it's you know, kind of like scheduling. we have a district attorney who said he's not going to prosecute yeah. minor marijuana possession and usage charges. 
uh, and he just hasn't. He hasn't wasted resources on that kind of thing. Um, Leslie, I want to get to a couple of things uh, that you've been doing. Uh, you were just at the Out and Equal conference. I was. I went there. It was in Las Vegas uh, back in October. I think it was. Yeah, it was in October. It was great. Um, what it, is the Out and Equal conference? Out and Equal is probably the largest employment-based LGBTQ conference in the country. Uh, to give you an idea, they had the, the plenary sessions where everybody's there and they have either a lunch or a dinner or something like that. It was in a room the size of an airplane hangar. I mean, there had to be 4,000 people in there. They wow. had, it was just crazy. There was like 236 tables of 11. It was just a huge group of people. Uh, and, but they also had a convention So, floor. in other words, larger than black tie dinner. Oh, yeah, many times. Where'd they have it? Uh, it was at the, the Mirage. Oh, okay. Uh, and so they have huge meeting facilities there. But what, the part that hit me really hard was uh, flying there from Dallas or from Texas uh, and just being immersed in all the ways that rights are trying to be stripped away from trans people, from LGBT people, from women. It's just there's just jump on the list. And landing in a place like Las Vegas and going into the convention floor, there's pretty much everybody from the Fortune 500. They all have booths that are set up there. There was someone from the State Department. There was a group from the CIA. They were all hiring. They had signs out that said, you belong here. And they had pride flags up in their booths. And a lot of them had terminals, like the people at PepsiCo. They had all kinds of samples and stuff. But they had a terminal set up where you could apply for a job right then and there, and they could expedite the hiring to perhaps oh, make awesome. a job offer the next day while you're wow. there. So they're seeking LGBTQ applicants. I mean, it, they had their arms wide open, these huge companies. And the first day when I, I, I was just kind of wandering around, and I found my way into this convention floor, and as I'm going up and down, and just seeing all this welcoming and all this love, I had tears just streaming down my face because it floored me emotionally coming from here and then just being plopped into there without any kind of transitional thing. It was just astounding. It was really, really emotional. And now, after the election, the state of Nevada added to their state constitution um, a non-discrimination um, provision that in specifically includes gender identity and expression, specifically includes sexual orientation, yeah. specifically includes um, um, gender, gender and reproductive rights. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's enshrined in their constitution today. Hmm. And at, at, in the last um, cycle, they were the state that was majority women in both chambers mm-hmm. of their, le- their state legislature. So... Um, what a difference from Texas. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. It was Huge. shocking. I didn't expect to see. Th- it was just a jolt, and, and it really hit me emotionally uh, more than once. Uh, but it was really phenomenal. I went there with Texas Instruments. Uh, they paid for everything. They were doing, uh, I was a member of a panel with TI that was talking about um, touching the community through volunteering. And so there was groups from people from Texas Instruments that were talking about all the volunteer work that they do and how it makes them feel. And I was there representing a 501c3 where I work. So you were the about, person there being felt. Yeah, I was there being felt. Uh, and to say, you know, how much it means to us and how we couldn't do what we do without volunteers. Uh, and how we couldn't do what we do without corporate support and why it's so important, you know, as we go into right now this fight. Uh, because we're fully anticipating 
uh, bill being proposed to ban uh, juvenile medical care for transgender juveniles. Um, and we need corporate support because this is different than the bathroom bills. Because if you remember back in 2015, 2017, and this is another thing that I think it's important to remember. In 2015, 2017 especially, Dan Patrick, our lieutenant governor, described the bathroom issue as being one of the most pressing issues facing Texas today. And this was like six years ago. So that law was not passed. It did not get through. They've pretty much dropped that. In the intervening six years, how many issues have you heard about transgender people causing a problem in a bathroom? With the 1.3 million of us nationwide times 365 times six times however many times somebody might go to the bathroom in a day, that is a pant load of bathroom trips without a problem. Mm -hmm. None. So biggest problem facing Texas, really? I mean, maybe you should talk to some real Texans because we can give you a real list. You know, I want to make sure my heater comes on when when it gets cold outside. Maybe you could work on that. So I'm really worried that they're going to use the same lie and smokescreen to ban care for these kids under the guise that it's child abuse. And the thing that they are ignoring, and and we've seen this time and time again throughout this uh, election, is just putting forth lies. And they're saying that this is child abuse. Well, if so, then why is it the American Medical Association endorses it? Why is it the largest pediatric doctor organization, the American Academy of Pediatrics, endorses it? The Endocrine Society endorses it. The American Psychiatric Association endorses it, along with 40 other medical groups, which I could name if you wanted to take up the rest of the hour. But it's fully supported by the medical community as being the right thing to do. But there's a couple of guys in Austin that are saying, no, you can't, and it's child abuse if you do. That is an obscenity. And they made it up. Well, they did. Ken Paxton made it up out of thin air. And here's the difference. Back in the bathroom bills, we could get parents and their kids to say, this is absolutely the wrong thing to do. Don't do that. They can't this time. If this goes up for public comment, the public cannot comment, at least not parents and not kids of of those parents. Because to do that, you have to give your name and your address, all that information, which is going to open a CPS investigation on you. Right. Right. And so these parents who are absolutely livid and these kids who are terrified are going to be silenced. And, you know, unfortunately, this notion, this made-up notion um, that it's child abuse, it's growing legs, not just here in Texas, it's spreading nationwide, at least in the southern states. And you know, a couple of weeks ago, or four or five weeks ago, Patty and I were talking about this on one of the shows we did, and I saw one of the debates, or part of it, I can only stomach a few seconds of it, that Marjorie Taylor Greene did, and she was going, in her debate with her opponent, she was going on this rant about how it is, you know, child abuse, She's you know, an idiot. It, it, of course, she's an idiot, but yeah. but it is spreading and people are believing it. But my question is why? And, and her opponent didn't really come back and correct her like I thought he should have. He probably hasn't studied on the issue. And so, but I haven't heard this from any of like some, the the major Democratic talking heads. They're not really. They're not coming back like I think they should be on this issue. They're not like dispelling the myths about this like they should be. Why do you think that is? I think part of it is they're just not educated on it, for one, and they could talk themselves into a corner if they're not educated on something like that because they can bring up uh, lies which, if you don't know the truth, it's difficult to refute or you could put yourself in an embarrassing situation. Um, I've even spoken with 
with people who claim to be you know medical people and they'll say well i'm i'm against you know kids having surgeries i'm like kids aren't having surgeries kids aren't having that's surgeries not, yeah that's you know, not at all happening and like how do you, how can you be so gullible to believe this crap when right. you're a medical professional exactly yeah. and but the 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 regular people out there who don't have any background in healthcare whatsoever don't have a clue. Well, keep in mind... And they believe this stuff. If this conversation was happening in, like, 1963, uh, the myth would be that cigarette smoking is good for you. Right. Yeah. It's okay. not. So the fact that something is getting legs does not make it true. Of course It just not. means that there is a lie that's being spread around, and it's just a real headache for us to try and refuse Wait, it. wait, wait, wait. Cigarette smoking is not good for me? That's what I hear. Oh. <laughs> that's what it says on the pack now. Pass it on. But it yeah, is, back in the day. It, it is pledge drive, and you learn all kinds of things here on KNON, like smoking is not good for you. It's not. Who knew? <laughs> Who knew? Um, if you'd like to make a pledge to uh, Lambda Weekly, give us a call, 972-647-1893. That's 972-647-1893. Operators are standing by. Uh, if you'd like to just go online, that's really the easiest way to make a pledge. Uh, go to knon.org and hit the Pledge Now button and... Um, you'll see all of the pledge items. We have two new pledge items this uh, pledge period. One is a red, is it fleece? Is it fleece? And we have it a model. Fleece. Okay, it's a red fleece <laughs> with black zippers and black uh, trim hoodie. Uh, that's for a $100 pledge. And for a $60 pledge, we have a Dickies short sleeve gray T-shirt, uh, gray button-up shirt. Uh, and uh, KNON, our logo is embroidered above the left pocket. Um, give us a call, 972-647-1893, or go online to knon.org. Hi, this is Candy Markham, and I listen to Lambda Weekly on 89.3 KNON-FM. Listen. And this is Lambda Weekly. I'm Dave Taffet here in the studio with Laron Landis and the late Patty Fink and Leslie Number Two. You know, I keep calling you Leslie Number Two for somebody who didn't hear last week's or two weeks ago two show. Two weeks ago, yeah. Um, uh, it was about Leslie Jordan, who'd been on our show, I think, three times, at least. At least three, three. maybe four. Maybe three, maybe four. I think it was more than that. Because he did a couple by phone. Multiple by, by phone, phone. One in studio, and then I saw him in concert when he. Um, performed at oh god what is that the majestic and i thought he came on that time too i think so i think he was in the studio twice and phone yeah, twice yeah um anyway let me come on by phone no well you did once or twice during the pandemic yes yes yeah, yeah i remember because i was saying the transmitter shed or something no, 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 and i was saying i miss i really wish you were in the studio because i miss getting leslie hugs yeah so yeah you did and when, when another big difference there is you would not be getting the short jokes no, no, certainly <laughs> that not. That Leslie endured. <laughs> no, because I I could so relate to uh, to Leslie and the short jokes. Who was taller? He was four eleven. I was taller. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Probably didn't happen too often, huh? No, and in fact, when we go to the grocery store, we're out and about. I always point out to Aaron. I'm like, I'm taller than him. <laughs> like when I see somebody, <laughs> doesn't matter who it is. Too. I'm shorter than her. <laughs> Following tall girls around. <laughs> right. Oh, wow. Um, our guest is Leslie McMurray, who is the... 
sure. The trans person at Resource not, Center. The no, trans resource. Rousing. Yeah. The trans resource at Resource Center. Sure. Why not? Um, you get asked a number of questions. Yeah, I do. And some of them are, they need to be asked, but they're asked inappropriately. Uh, I don't know. I don't know that this. Maybe they, if you don't know the answer, you need to ask. I, I was doing a training with. Uh, a local law enforcement agency. I don't want to point any fingers at anyone, but there was a street officer, a guy who'd been on the street for a long time, and we were talking about uh, gender identity. And he said, well, how can a 14-year-old uh, know, you know who and what they are, whether they're, uh, you know, the sexual orientation, gender identity, how can that be fixed in a 14-year-old? I said, it wasn't you, right? Because I don't think you needed your mom following around when you were 14 to remind you you're a boy all the time, did they? He's like, well, no. I said, okay. So if somebody questions or is identifying differently than you, suddenly they're weird and they can't possibly have it fixed exactly. and know who they are, but you can? Exactly. Uh, and I said, uh, you know, it's interesting how we look at 14-year-olds because I said, you know, you didn't need that sort of treatment, so I wouldn't think you'd put it on someone else. But I said, don't we try 14-year-olds as adults in this state? You know? We send them to prison, mm -hmm. and we assume that they know the full impact and consequences of the crime that they're allegedly had committed. And he said, well, yeah. I said, okay, so I guess maybe we can take it for granted that they know who they are, maybe. Exactly. We take 14-year-olds, and we force them to have children, because apparently they're old enough to do that. Mm -hmm. Especially now, in less, than, in less than 14. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Whatever age yeah, that is. Whatever age that is. What happens. Yep. So, yeah. So, you know, 14-year-olds, it's, it's kind of hard to pick and choose because we don't let them vote. But we treat them like adults in a bunch of different areas. And it's mm -hmm. like parenthood and with, um, you know, trying them as an adult, but we don't let them vote. And that's the other thing that's just crazy when we go back to the election is there's been a, a party that has been trying to say, here, we want to you know, do things like give clean air and a future for your kids and to have equal rights so you have autonomy over your body. And then there's another uh, one of our, our political parties that is stripping away rights faster than they could possibly strip them away. But just from some people. Yeah, just from some just people. Just from some people. And making it more difficult to vote. And then I've heard on uh, news programs uh, where they're saying, well, the Democrats seem to get, you know, Generation Z votes, you know, 18 to 24, uh, they, they scored very well. And so now they're saying, well, we should make the uh, voting limit 21. Yeah, I have heard that. Again, it's just stripping away rights, stripping right. away rights, stripping away or, rights. Or, or, or moving a goalpost. All like in the name of freedom. Yeah. If, if We're they, the freedom if, party. If they can win, let's change the rules so we can win. Yeah. You know, when I was growing up. districts. And, yeah, mm -hmm. It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And some of them, they're, you know, you can't even come up with a creature that would look like that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no. they, they used to display them. Uh, when, I was, when I was little, there was a kid across the street, Philip who was left-handed and taught me everything I know about baseball and golf, which I still I can't do it right-handed. I have custom left-handed golf clubs because of him. But he would say, if while well, we're playing baseball, if you hit the ball between second base, or excuse me, Bridger's Mound and second base, you're out. And guess what? That's where my sister and I hit the ball. Yeah. So imagine, you know, it's like, oh, well, let's take the reality. You know, wherever the arrow lands, the dart lands, that's that's what we'll call it, what we aimed at. That's exactly what they're trying to do with this. Well, let's raise the age to 21 to vote. But they won't do it for a gun. No. An AR-15 that's capable of killing hundreds of people in seconds. 
Yeah. It's crazy. Just, just, just crazy. Speaking of crazy, it is Pledge Drive here at KNON. <laughs> so uh, Jeremy and uh, Laurent are standing by uh, to take your call, 972-647-1893. That's 972-647-1893. Or just go online. And actually, most of our pledges for the last few Pledge Drives have come in directly uh, by going to KNON.org, just filling out the quick form. Uh, putting in your credit card number and telling us what pledge item you're looking for. Um, KNON.org, hit the Pledge Now button, and um, all the pledge items will come up, and you'll, you can choose. Um, okay, Leslie, you were just recently at the National Collegiate Honors Conference. Yes. And you had a story about that. I'm, I'm trying to get to some points that... Yeah, there's, there's, there's so much to talk about. Uh, yeah, it was out at the uh, Sheraton this past week, and our uh, CEO, Cece Cox, did the keynote address for that, which was amazing. But they had a bunch of kids from all over the country, and they also had uh, professors and uh, faculty members from these colleges and universities, and there was a whole variety of things that people were talking about. And so we did several sessions there. And in one of them, well, most of them, people would come up afterwards and they'd ask for a card or whatnot. So after the session was over this past week, I got an email from one of the attendees who was a uh, professor, now dean, at a evangelical Christian university that's fundamentalist, uh, very, very conservative, and is also transgender, mm. but not out. Wow. And is not ever going to be out because of work, because of family and mm-hmm. all of that. And but Are they tenured? I'm sorry? Are they tenured? Uh, they're a dean now, so I don't no. know. Yeah, I would imagine yeah. maybe yeah. they are. But while they may not be able to be fired easily, um, they could probably have their lives made hell. And also family is not affirming. And so they would probably lose a marriage and house and all that sort of fun stuff as well uh and that's a very real thing that does happen certainly not to all of us but every once in a while um you know things go really really bad um i think mine was kind of in the middle somewhere i lost job marriage house stuff but i came away with me and i'm kind of none the worse for wear but it just makes me sad that here you know still in this country while we have Bostock, there's still a lot of discrimination against the LGBTQ population and especially trans people. And I just, I wish we could get to that point where if you're a school or whether you're a business or whatever, even if you're looking for friends, that instead of looking at the outside rapper, you just say, is this a good person? Are yeah. they good at their job? Would they be a good fit in our company? It has nothing to do with the color of their hair or what clothing they're wearing. Uh, it just... None of that stuff matters. And it just makes me sad that this person is going to end up uh, probably taking that secret to their grave. Uh, and I, they, the letter that they wrote was very lengthy. Uh, so they were just basically pouring their heart out to me. And I just wrote back and said, I understand, wish it wasn't that way. And hopefully we can get to a place where it isn't horrific for someone. But, but don't you think that in itself makes it better for this person? that this person has told you, told yeah. somebody, reached out maybe for the first time. Yeah, I think maybe. You know, it's it certainly, you know, I left the door open. I said, you know, if you want to continue the conversation, you know, by all means, you know, I'm here. Um, 
And, maybe and I think that it also helped what they mentioned is seeing someone who's transgender up there living a good life and being out in the public and knowing that that can happen uh, and also someone in the same age group as them uh, made them feel very good. Maybe this, you know, coming out, whether you're coming out as trans, coming out as lesbian or gay, we all know it's a process. Or and coming out as straight as Patty has done many times. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe this is the start of the process. It might be a long process, yeah. but it maybe it's the start. It is. And a number of people, think. in fact, it was almost more the rule rather than the exception, uh, came out as trans after retiring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean... It's possible. 20 years ago, most of the trans people I knew were people who had recently come out after retiring. If you don't want to give up a marriage, though, or if your kids would be horrified, I mean, it's it's just a matter of looking and saying, I don't want to spend the rest of my life alone, and to not do that, I'm willing to forgo this. Mm -hmm. It's up to each individual to make that decision. I just think in this day and age, it's horrific to have to make that decision. That's the point I'm making. It's like, if you've been married to somebody for 35 years and you love that person, but they put on a different set of clothes and now you can't stand them? Like, what in the hell's the matter with you? Actually, I think it was your younger daughter who said to me, Oh, yeah, we like Leslie a whole lot more because uh-huh. she's so much nicer now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, no doubt. Yeah, you don't know what you're missing. And, so and were you a pain same, in the ass? I was more like, um, I was immersed in work. Uh, I, I worked pretty much 24-7. Uh, I had a yellow pad that I carried with me everywhere, and if my kids said, said or did something dumb, it went on the yellow pad and got talked about on the show, show content. So it's like our show was like a reality show because, you know, it was just constant notes. I'd see something at the store. Uh, like happened yesterday, I went to the store, and I was looking at, for some cheese, and this woman came up behind me, and she parked her shopping cart, I mean, like an eighth of an inch from the back of my right heel. I mean, blocked me in. So there was no place. I, I couldn't go forward because I crashed into the cheese bin. So I tried to back up a little bit, and she wasn't trying to get at the cheese. She wasn't trying to go anywhere. She just parked like literally right on top of me. It's like right there. And so when I smashed my heel into her shopping cart, she instantly said, oh, I'm sorry. It's like, are you just completely oblivious? Like, why would you park your cart like literally right on me? So, yeah. Yeah. That kind of thing. (laughs) Sounds a little OCD-ish, maybe. Yeah, but yeah, I just was, yeah. Yeah, so your kid's like like Wesley who doesn't do that. Well, also, I went to bed every night at like 8.30 because I had to get up at 3 to do a morning show. And so I didn't want a bunch of noise at 9 o'clock at night because my kids didn't have to get up early. And so it was like, keep it quiet in there. Yeah. Because if I end up having to get up and I'm ticked off, it's like, you know, shut up, keep it down. I can't sleep back here. You know, turn the TV down. It's like, you know I have to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning kind of thing. So you went from unavailable to available. Yeah. Emotionally, physically. Yeah. I mean, all those things. Available as Leslie's daughter said, because I asked what's the difference between Leslie now and Leslie then, and she said, well, she's happy now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. that's that a makes big a, part of that. Yeah. That's the difference. I blame Katie. It's Katie's fault. Yeah, she, it's her fault I'm happy. <laughs> um, reality show. Yeah. 
Oh, there's calls coming in. People want to donate money like crazy. Look at that. Yeah, the last thing real quick. Uh, I had an idea for a reality show. Because okay. I have kind of arthritic hands. And I would think, you know, a lot of people have, you know, joint pain and stuff as they get older. So I thought it would be hilariously funny to have a kind of like a, not so much an ambush, but to get the mothers of CEOs to open the packages of the products that their sons or daughters make in that company in front of them. With, with no tools? No tools at all. No, to see them struggle trying to get through some of this impervious wrap or get the little tab that's on. If you've ever bought a gallon milk at Costco, there's a little tab that's plastic that's bonded in there with super glue. And to try and pull that off, and if your finger's the least bit damp, forget about yeah, it. forget it about it. It pliers. Yep. So it, it takes me scissors and knives yep. and yep. all kinds of things to open some of the packaging that's out there. And it's like... I don't know what the cause of this is. You know, but if you why have does it need to be that Transgender bulletproof? women is the cause of it. Oh, man. <laughs> but if it's you have a little kid, of, yeah. they can get into it like that. Oh, I would it, love to see their moms open that stuff It's the fault up. of the transgender kids. <laughs> is it now? And, and their permissive parents who are giving them surgery. Yeah, that's it. Estrogen gives them superpowers or something. I don't know. And something well, like speaking that. Speaking of estrogen, there was one more... Um, lesbian, out lesbian, who want a seat. I mean, there were others, but um, one of significance, I think, and that is in the state of Vermont. I, do you know I had that down and I just marked it? Vermont only yeah, has yeah. three representatives in the federal government. Two yeah. senators, two, two United States senators, and one member of the House, kind of like Wyoming. They have two U.S. senators very, and very, one rep. Very small state. And the empty state. It's empty state. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Becca Ballant won, and she's um, the first woman to represent Vermont in the, in the mm-hmm. federal government and the first out LGBTQ person. Right. The first woman is uh, elected in Vermont is lesbian. Elected yeah. to Congress. Yeah, you want to talk yeah. about rigging elections, those states like Vermont and Wyoming and South Dakota, North Dakota, you know, the empty states, Montana, that have a statewide population of a half a million, have seven to eight times the electoral voting power of California. Yeah. yeah. Seven yeah. to eight times yeah. you take population per electoral vote. Yeah. Because they have to have three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you take the population in California, yeah, they have a bunch of electoral votes, but they have a bunch of people. Mm -hmm. So they don't have anywhere near as much per capita as these empty states have. So they have a whole lot more clout. So we want to talk about rigged elections. Start there. Yes, yes. That's thanks to the the kooky electoral college system we have. Well, you know, there have been some efforts and chance. Abolish the electoral system. Yeah. You mean let the most, you let the people decide who the president is? I mean, like, let like everybody and whoever gets the most votes wins, that kind of thing? Yeah, that, keep, yeah that's simple. That's weird. Yeah. Keep Where, it, that's how bizarre. does that make sense? <laughs> this is a democracy. <laughs> well, a representative republic, but whatever. And, Leslie, we are just about out of time. Well, then I'll go home. Well, thank you for being here, though. Of course. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. And we'll have you again. Okay. You, you'll be had. <laughs> you'll be had. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> Thanks, Leslie, and welcome back, Patty. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Leslie. And one last time, if you'd like to make a pledge and qualify for the drawing uh, for a $500 uh, half price books gift certificate, um, make your pledge online. Go to knon.org, hit the Pledge Now button, and do it by midnight tomorrow night. 